When you watch people play sports or just move around activities of daily living, there's definitely some people that look very coordinated, smooth, fluid. It looks almost effortless when they're carrying out whatever the movement is. And you have other people that it doesn't look as fluid, maybe a little less coordinated, and there's something about the movement that to the visual eye, it looks like it separates it from being as coordinated and smooth as possible. And what are some of these differences? I mean, there are many. And a lot of aspects of what we talked about before, from the coordination aspect to mobility, restrictions, maybe the way that they time and sequence how their muscles stabilize to create all of this type of movements. But there's one aspect that I want to talk about in this episode, and it's the idea of making sure that you have this type of motor control and coordination to get only the muscles that are supposed to be involved, get them firing and working at the right balance without getting all of these extra unnecessary muscles involved. And usually when something looks uncoordinated or not too fluid, you're working the right muscles, but on top of that, you're probably getting all of these other unnecessary muscles or unnecessary types of activations in other parts of the body that shouldn't be this active. Basically, what the simple bottom line is, you're getting too many muscles involved to do that task. And that alone can create all of this stiffness and this non-fluid kind of uncoordinated type of movement. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. Thank you for tuning in this week. For any of my new listeners out there, you're in the right place to hear all of these great stories from guest interviews, a lot of solo topics that I cover to help you to optimize your performance. Any of my new listeners out there, thank you again for joining for another week. And whether this is the first time tuning in or you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, be sure to check back on all of the previous library of episodes. There's a lot of great topics, guest interviews, stories, everything from athletics, stories to recovering from injuries to anybody that's just looking to improve and do more. You can check out any of those previous episodes on your favorite podcasting platforms. I've also been putting up YouTube highlight clips, video clips up daily on my YouTube channel that matches some of the audio content that you've been listening to. So be sure to check that out. Leave a helpful review on Apple Podcasts and rate the podcast as well. And of course, share any of the helpful episodes with family, friends, coaches, teammates, anyone that's really looking to optimize their performance. Let's jump straight into today's episode. So today's topic is about motor control. And I'm going to break this down a little further, give some key aspects to focus on, and hopefully this sparks some interest as to what types of things you can incorporate into your training regimen that will really help to improve this motor control aspect so that we can carry out movements, functional tasks, and we can do them in an automatic type of way. So the first thing I want to go over is what is motor control? And throughout my career, I utilize a lot of the philosophies and logic and thought process from functional movement systems. From the motor control aspect, I've taken a lot out of the Selective Functional Movement Assessment, SFMA, which is one of the courses that they kind of gear towards the healthcare practitioner, the one that's dealing more with pain and injury and rehab. But a lot of these concepts will carry on throughout the spectrum all the way to optimizing your performance. 
So motor control entails all of the necessary input from all of the afferent pathways, the, all of the nerves, the receptors that's sending or bringing information back to your central nervous system in your brain. Then from there, we have to make sense of this. All of this information simultaneously needs to be processed. And usually it's happening very rapidly, even in something like we're walking. If you think about it, how much information is being gathered and sent to our central nervous system? It has to process that and create an adequate output. And that's the third component of motor control is an acceptable output to actually create motor function, movement, keep our balance, coordination, all of these aspects that we think of when we need to carry out any type of movement task. Of course, this is breaking it down to the simplest level, but every level is so intricate. But if we kind of think about that, what are we targeting, especially with training? Really, are we improving one aspect or really targeting, emphasizing one aspect of this motor control system? Are we really going to work on some of that afferent feedback coming back to our central nervous system? Things that improve kinesthetic awareness, where our body is in space, proprioception, just being able to sense what's going on in our limbs throughout all of these different types of movements? Are we focusing on that processing time, making sure that we can adequately interpret and send out the right feedback? Or are we focusing more on just getting the right feedback, not only to the right muscles, but also getting it there in an efficient type of manner? Meaning that if you're doing explosive types of sports, can you actually get the information, send the signal to your muscles to do what you need to do in the right timing and sequence? If you're in a more slow twitch type of endurance type of activity or sport, are you able to repetitively send the same signals to keep your form, technique, whether that's running, paddling, whatever it is, can you keep that consistent and keep your nervous system processing this information and sending out the correct signals to do the correct task? So what I always like to think about is really all of the things in our body that help us to move, whether that's even stiffness, mobility, restrictions, strength, endurance, power, coordination between different muscles on different sides of our body or across different joints, or just this coordinated fashion to do a full body type of movement. All of these things are controlled by the central nervous system. Without getting that adequate information in, sufficient information processing, and getting an acceptable output, Really, nothing is going to happen with movement. So that's how important the nervous system plays into all of strength and conditioning, performance training. We need to remember, we need to target and appropriately challenge the nervous system because that is what's going to give us the intended effect that we're looking for, whether that's getting stronger, jumping higher, lasting longer, running faster times in an endurance sport. All of those things are really modulated with the central nervous system again. So that is a take home point that I really want everyone to grasp is that we need to train to target the central nervous system. And that's a big facet of what I try to do when I'm creating all of my programs, working with athletes, coaching, cueing. It's getting the nervous system to create some positive adaptation because that in turn will have a positive cascading effect on all the other things that we want to see when it comes to outputs. Now that brings me into my second point, which is this nervous system really it has two primary goals when it comes to just overall movement. It doesn't matter if we're trying to jump as high as we can, if we're trying to play defense in football, if we're trying to sprint, spike a volleyball, swim faster, whatever it is. Our central nervous system 
two of the big things that it's really trying to accomplish with any type of movement training exercise is that one, it wants to keep our body alive. It just wants to survive. That is the primary thing. Whenever we're doing anything, our body, our brain is primarily focused on just survival. It doesn't want us to get hurt. It doesn't want it to be life-threatening. It wants to do what we can. All of our physiological systems, anatomical systems, movement systems, everything is geared to trying to make sure that we are going to survive. The second aspect of that is we want to be as efficient as possible at doing whatever the task, sport, training activity is. Efficiency is the key. And that's what our nervous system is programmed to take into consideration. Those are the two primary things, survival and be as efficient as possible. Now, there's a lot of things that affect this, right? Like external environmental factors, internal factors like stress, how we're feeling, how well our body can actually function moods, all of these other things, motivation, right? All of these things play a role into how well we are going to do this. How well are we going to survive and how efficient we're going to be? A couple of things that I want to touch on is pain. Pain is something that really modulates kind of this efficiency that our nervous system wants to function at. One, we don't want to create more pain, but two, sometimes we'll sacrifice being efficient to just try to not create more pain. And you can think of this example, like whenever you have pain, you may be moving somewhat relatively inefficient to if you don't have pain, but because the pain signal is there and that's what your brain is processing, you are trying to avoid that pain for a survival tactic. And as a result, you're moving as efficiently as you can with that pain signal there. This goes with injury too. Sometimes with injury comes that cascading effect of weakness, stiffness, tightness. Maybe muscles are turning on. Maybe we have overactive muscles and underactive muscles. But with all of this, because of what the injury has caused, we are going to figure out again how to survive and also how to be as efficient as possible with all that information information that our brain is processing from whatever it is the residual effects of that injury. The same thing goes true with strength and conditioning. If you don't have adequate strength in some area, could be an isolated local aspect or globally, maybe something doesn't work in a coordinated fashion. If you don't have strength there, your body is going to think, I don't want to injure myself. So I'm going to have to create another strategy to actually move and keep myself safe. Also, by creating that other strategy, sometimes it's not the most efficient thing as possible, but dealing with the circumstances, all that information going into your central nervous system, maybe that's the best option so that even though it's some compensatory movements, it's the best option to move as efficiently as possible without getting hurt. I think that's the key thing. So in that example, until you actually strengthen that weakness, strengthen the weakest link, you're not going to really be able to really improve your overall efficiency because your body is automatically programmed to know that this is our limitations. Because of this, I'm going to pick the most efficient way possible to move without putting myself at more risk to get injured because survival, again, is that key component. So we can go on and on with other examples. This could even spill over into a nutrition example. If for some reason you're not getting the nutrients or hydration that you need, even though you could probably do more, your body knows that with the information that it's getting from you, with all the resources and energy availability there is, this is the best option to keep us moving somewhat efficiently without us getting hurt, right? And that's pretty much across the board. If you think about that, how do I actually 
get myself to overall improve my performance and my efficiency, sometimes we have to break it down and target these specific aspects that need to be addressed so that we can really bump up how our body is moving as a whole and how we're going to be able to perform and carry out these tasks. Okay, so that was a little bit more in depth than I wanted to go. But basically, your body, your central nervous system when it comes to motor control, it's worried about two things, survival and being as efficient as possible. Now, the third thing is actually training this motor control. What are we doing? And simply put, what I'm focusing on is basically imprinting the preferred motor patterns. To me, that's what motor control is. It's again, getting all of this information into your brain, make sure that you can process it and imprint these motor patterns that we want to do to again, survive, but be as efficient as possible. And that comes with training, with practice. The more that we can actually utilize this information and create this acceptable output, we are going to imprint these preferred motor patterns. So what am I exactly talking about? In layman's terms, you can kind of think of this as what we call, or what layman's terms is, muscle memory. Really, your muscles have no memory. That's something important to realize is that all of this is being controlled by your nervous system. Some of these reflexes and things like that, it can happen more so in the peripheral nervous system, but a lot of this is happening in the central nervous system. We're actually using all of this information to create and imprint a motor pattern that our brain really defaults to. And it's kind of like a large filing cabinet. You know, every time if you run a computer program, right, if you hit a certain command or button, it automatically executes a certain task. That's the same way, like when we think about walking or running or kicking a ball, it's all of these complex instructions that are going to be sent out to our body so that we can adequately and effectively carry out that task. The more that we actually practice using that same instruction guide or imprinting that same response that's going to be sent out to our muscles, our joints, everything like that, the more that we're going to default and use that motor pattern more consistently. So that is imprinting these motor patterns, right? Or in layman's terms, muscle memory. It's the command center or the instructions for your muscles to know exactly what to do so that you don't have to cognitively think about every single step when you're running. You're not thinking, fire my hip flexor, fire my quad, relax my hamstring, okay, fire my hamstring, fire my glute, come through. You're not thinking about all of that. It just happens in a coordinated fashion because we've practiced it over and over again. And again, the more that you use those neural pathways to create this coordinated motor control, the more that that becomes the preferred pathway and you don't want to default to other things. You want to use the most efficient way as possible. And this coincides a lot with training because how we train, how we practice things, that will determine, are you training your body to move the absolute most efficient way or are you training your body to move relative to you the most efficient way without injuring yourself or trying to survive right so there's two different things training again that repetition teaching your brain really what it wants to do how to respond to all of this information that is the key and overall, what I like to do with rehab, strength and conditioning, performance training, really anything that deals with movement, is I am trying to primarily target and train the central nervous system to be able to interpret, 
process and respond to all of this information. And there's so many tactics and strategies that we can use. Of course, I'm always exploring and trying to improve on this. But even in my career, in the last decade or so, there's so many things that we understand better now that are actually making an impact clinically when we talk about any type of rehab training or performance training. So overall, that is kind of the brief explanation of motor control, imprinting motor patterns, getting the central nervous system to adapt and respond to whatever it is you're training for. And I think if you start to utilize some of this, I know we didn't go in depth into strategies or techniques or concepts. This was just more theoretical, explaining some of the thought process with why you may want to do certain things, why I like to do certain things. Stay tuned for more because in the future, I will break down some of the strategies that I do use to either affect that afferent feedback, how to get our brain to process information better, right? Or how do I affect the efferent pathways, getting our muscles to carry out and execute certain things because the nervous system is more efficient at giving the instructions. I will go over more of that. That's another episode so that we don't keep it too long. But there's all these different strategies that we can do to, again, stress and emphasize certain aspects of this central nervous system function and how that can benefit and carry over to optimizing your performance. And that's the bottom line. I know all of you out there want to perform as best as you can, train smart and get all of that positive adaptation. And that's everyone's goal when it comes to optimizing human performance. That is all that I have for today. I hope everyone is doing well. I can't believe it is the end of March. We're approaching April already. Where is this year flying by to? But with that, I hope everyone is taking steps towards their goals helping to improve if you got to take care of other things, nagging injuries or things like that. Be sure to check out some of my episodes. There's been a lot of them actually. Tendonitis episodes, IT band, ankle sprains. I don't know. There's been a lot of them and I plan to make more of these and check out my YouTube channel too because I will start to, as we head into summer, I hope to make more informative content that really helps you to take one or two gems away that helps you to improve and get that positive benefit that we're all looking for. Anyway, that's all that I have. Check out my YouTube channel. Go subscribe and share some of the videos, the podcast clips. If anyone has any feedback, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to reach out. You can reach me on social media or you can email me at andrew at hnlmovement.com. I hope everyone has a great rest of your week. Keep checking back on the episodes. I'm here with new episodes released every Tuesday. Same time, same place. I will be here next week. And until then, have a great week. Aloha. Aloha.